Drive time 91.3. Always on the cutting edge. Was the Cape Drive Time? Welcome back to the show. 0829-913-913 is the WhatsApp line. Comment, query, and criticize. Today's book is called It's Not About the Bats, Conservation, the Coronavirus, and How We Must Reset Our Relationship with Nature. Our exploitation of nature responsible in many ways for the zoonotic transfer of viruses from animals to humans. But this book is just not about the bats. It's about a lot more. It's uh, produced by Tafelberg Publishers. Author Adam Cruz is an investigative environmental journalist, travel writer and academic. Contributed to a number of international publications including National Geographic and The Guardian. His previous books include King Solomon and the Showman, Louis Borges' War and In the Pursuit of Solitude. Adam Cruz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shavik. Uh, very, very glad to be on your show. Right, I'm going to read some of your book back to you, not because uh, you need to know what's in your book, but I think it's a good kickoff point for our listeners to understand where you're coming from. And I'm, I'm sort of jumping around a bit. The first paragraph says, Essentially, the human destruction of natural ecosystems increases the number of rats, bats, and other animals that harbor diseases. Research confirms that bats naturally host many viruses. These viruses are more likely to transfer to animals or humans if they live in or are near human-disturbed ecosystems. Of course, your book is about our relationship with nature, isn't it, and how imbalances in nature are messing up everything, including humanity. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly it. I mean, uh, really what, what's happening is this book really explores the origin of, of, corona, um, uh, yeah, of the coronavirus, but not just the coronavirus, of all these kind of uh, deadly viruses that are starting to occur with more and more regularity as things go on. And the first thing we notice about these viruses is that they, they tend to come from animals, and a lot of them actually do come from bats, so the coronavirus is likely to, to have been sourced from a bat, as with SARS, Ebola. Um, there's a, the Nipah virus is also, you know, originates in a bat. But it's not really about the bats, even though they may be the source of, of the disease. It's the unlocking of this disease that is the problem. And other uh, animal-borne diseases like uh, HIV, AIDS, and um, uh, all the various strains of bird and swine flu. And the reason why they are big... Uh, it looks like we've lost our... Yeah, sorry, you, you just disappeared for a second into the ether. I see you back again. Uh, sorry about that. Sorry, yeah. So the reason why these diseases are, are coming out with more frequency is because we are reducing the, 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 the space for nature where the diseases would normally be diluted. But because animals are being squeezed into smaller and smaller environments, they're transmitting the diseases a lot faster and then they are transmitting onto humans. So it's really the destruction of nature that is causing these, these um, diseases. And it's not about just the extinction of animals. It's now, you know, obviously impacting on the well-being of humanity. Absolutely. Um, I'm very happy that you spoke about flora, fauna, wildlife um, not being conserved for its sake, which we have to do for our, our benefit, but as a commodity, the commoditization of nature, where sustainable development is such a loaded term, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, sustainable utilization and development, we, we tend to view animals and nature, like you've just said, as commodities and that they have an economic or financial benefit to us. And as long as they have that benefit to us, we then try and conserve those particular species. But what happens is that's only some species, and the rest of the species that have, have plants and animals that have no economic value tend to be ignored. And this is basically the large part of biodiversity. So, you know, rainforests get uh, chopped away to make space for agricultural land. Um, you know, the, these areas, like I said, are getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and it's just unlocking these diseases. And, and this kind of approach that we have, and it's, a, it's, it's everywhere, with the government's use, sustainable utilization, all the... United Nations bodies, it's, it's causing these, these diseases and the destruction of nature. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's really interesting how the whole um, extinction uh, scale of things works. I mean, you even mention that the e- extinction of, of species, the extinction of nature, even correlates with the extinction of human languages. I, and we, I think we've seen this profoundly uh, in Southern Africa. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this is the point I was trying to make. You know, too often when, when people sort of criticize the destruction of nature, they, they sort of say you've got to protect nature for nature's benefits alone. But it also deals with, with humans. And we see uh, especially indigenous, rural, uh, traditional rural communities that have, that have lived within nature for millennia and have these languages and this knowledge about nature. And yes, they have used nature and they, they, they survive of nature. But they've done it in such a way that nature thrives, they thrive, their languages thrive, the cultures thrive. Um, And now we are seeing with this uh, this correlation with the destruction of nature, and along with them, languages and the knowledge that goes with it. No, absolutely. In fact, um, in your book, there's a very good illustration of how things can go. I think it's a story of the wolves, um, of how seriously it impacted everything. And once the wolves were introduced, to sort of in this is an alpine scenario, how the game changed once they came back into the environment. Yeah, and I mean, that's an important thing because, you know, with a sustainable utilization, we tend to just sort of target a single species and, and, and leave the rest behind. My point with that one is that you take out just one species and the entire ecosystem collapses. So in the case of wolves uh, back in the 1930s in the Yellowstone Park in the United States, they decided to kill all the wolves because they thought the wolves were killing all the elk and deer and everything. So they got rid of all the wolves and then suddenly, you know, the, the mountain slopes were overgrazed, there was soil erosion, uh, species started to disappear left, right and center. And then in about 1998, they reintroduced a small pack of wolves into the Yellowstone Park. And it was amazing to see how quickly nature started to restore itself. Because the wolves started to thin out the, the, the um, deer and the elk, back to you know, the levels that nature intended it to. And so the overgrazing started disappearing. The, the elk and the deer avoided areas where they would be surprised by the wolves, like wooded areas. And so the trees grew back uh, better. Berries and fruit started growing back better, which then in turn brought songbirds, which brought um, raptors and, and uh, other predatory birds. Um, uh, the beavers came back in the, in the rivers. They started to stabilize the rivers. The banks started to stabilize. Fish started to be in more abundance. So just by introducing one small pack of wolves, suddenly this park restored itself, and in a very, very quick space of time. 
You use the word biodiversity, but um, I, I don't think uh, most people understand the word. I'm not, I don't think I'm being arrogant when I'm saying this, because what comes out of your book, and I'm glad you're putting it this way, is that um, we need to preserve whole systems, and you've already alluded to this, as opposed to individual plants or animal species, that the future of humanity lies in biodiversity and, and as you call it, rewilding, that we need to be close to nature in a constructive way. Nature is not a commodity, it's part of us. Yeah, that's exactly it. We are connected to nature in ways we don't think. I mean, you know, especially living in an urban environment like Cape Town, I mean, we, we think, okay, we're not that connected to nature. But we, we need clean air, we need clean water, we need healthy soils for our food. I mean, everything that we, our survival depends on thriving nature. And without that, it, it, it doesn't work. So in terms of the biodiversity, and that means everything in nature, the plants, the animals, the insects, uh, the soils, the water, the air has to be preserved. And the way to do that is to make space for the natural environment to occur. Now, Cape Town is, is actually in a unique situation in terms of an urban environment in that it does have that already. I mean, we just have to think of Table Mountain and right. the oceans all around us. So we actually have that there. But many other cities don't have this. You know, if you think of those big mega cities, you know, uh, across the world in Europe, in the States, in, in, in Asia, they don't have that. And, and that is where, where people are starting to get sick. And you can see where these diseases are starting to occur. They're either at the, in these urban centers or they're on the fringes of forests that are getting fast reduced by humans, you know, cutting down the forest and making way for urbanization and agricultural land. Yeah, to get back to the bats and, and certain species, they naturally do carry a lot of viruses, but if they are blending in with nature, there is no unnatural uh, zoonotic transfer um, between animals and humans because they are distant from us doing what they have to do within their unique environments. Absolutely. Not on there. Um, I mean, this is the, the situation. So bats and rats and, and those kind of animals, we know they carry diseases, but because within nature they kind of they they disperse, they spread out. What once you start reducing the size, these animals get really concentrated together, and then they pass it on to other animals, normally a mammal. So that in the in the case of uh, many of the diseases, the bat would pass it on to say a civet or a pig or something like that. And then a human would eat that. And so it's these kind of crowding of animals. Um, and not just in the natural spaces, in markets. You know, we, we, we capture a whole lot of wild animals and we, we shove them in cages on top of each other, all a variety of species. And it's so easy for these diseases to just hop from one to the next to the next. And invariably, it's going to get to a human. And once that happens, as we have seen with this horrible, horrible virus, it just goes, it goes crazy. It turns into a worldwide pandemic. No, absolutely. And um, I'm sure you'd agree that, I mean, the answer to, to COVID is not just vaccines. That's only a short-term measure. That the real answer, the proper answer, is for us to sit down and think about our natural environment. And if we carry on the way we are, COVID is not going to be the, the first and it's not going to be the last. Yes, and again, you, you're absolutely spot on there. And this is really the crux of the book, is that yeah, the vaccine, sure, we, we, we're trying to put a stop gap to this, but we've got to go to why this started in the first place. And as you've just 
happening very quickly. We've got to stop the, the natural uh, destruction of the planet. I mean, this is, you know, governments have to sort of get involved here. They can't just see nat- uh, nature as a commodity that they can earn money. It's got to be preserving the population, preserving humans. Uh, it's about our well-being. Um, and we need to start changing our attitude towards nature and, and, um, and really t- taking it seriously. We need, we need good oceans, clean water and fresh air. Then, of course, there is the very uh, um, conservative issue of, of hunting. And um, when I was in Botswana many years ago, I sought and I was just disgusted with the arrogance of um, hunters coming on from other countries and the whole attitude towards what is our environment. They just wanted to extract certain species for trophies, were prepared to pay money, but the money wasn't going to the local peoples who were supplying all the facilities. It just really got my back up when I, when I actually witnessed this all those years ago, and it, it hasn't changed. Yeah, Shafiq, it's a horrific thing, and in fact, it's got worse. I mean, there, there, there are more and more hunters coming out, mainly from the United States and Europe. It's exactly as you say. They come out, they extract the animals from our thing for their personal uh, fun and ga- uh, gain. Um, and what they are doing is because, and I brought this into the book, book, because this is one example of many where we are destroying nature. Because what the trophy hunters do, are doing is they're going against the natural uh, system, the natural process, in that they are taking out the genetically best of a species, whereas nature doesn't do that. It takes out the worst, the sick, the old, the young, you know, that kind of thing, whereas the big breeding males and females of various big species are getting removed. And, you know, an animal like an elephant, you start removing elephants, like with wolves, the whole system begins to collapse, especially if you're taking out the, the gene- genetically strong or the big matriarch that teaches all the other animals how to, to migrate and look for water and everything. So by taking one out, you're actually destroying the entire biodiversity. I mean, let's not, you know, that, and that's over and above the, the horror of, of trophy hunting. I mean, it is the most horrific thing, you know, to just go and shoot an animal just for fun. It, it, it makes no sense. Absolutely. Unfortunately, Adam, I can't believe the time has flown by. We're talking about Adam Cruz's book. It's not about the bats, conservation, the coronavirus, and how we must reset our relationship with nature. Produced uh, by Tafelberg Publishers at a bookshop near you. If it's not there, it'll be there very soon. If you want to know why we have coronavirus, why we have COVID-19, no, it's not Bill Gates. It's us, and it's not about the bats. Adam Cruz, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Shafiq.